This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. G'day, it's Lola Berry here. This next guest is a yoga mentor of mine. Her name is Nikki Hanley. She's a different yoga teacher to what you might be used to. She kind of blends together yogs, that's my word for yoga, dance and music. And don't worry, you don't have to bust out into dance. I mean, you can when you do some of her classes, but she's just all about really freeing the mind and getting back to this idea and sense of self-love, which I think we can all kind of learn from. And if you've never tried yogs before, I'm hoping this podcast might inspire you to whip out the old yoga mat and give it a crack. Okay, I am so excited because this guest her name's Nikki Henley, by the way. Let's just like get the name out there because I usually rabbit at the start and go, I really like them. I've got a crush on them, which is what happens every time with the podcast. I'm like, I get so excited when I research and the same has happened for you. And because you're mentoring me, I feel like I'm extra connected. So Nikki is a, I would say a senior yoga teacher in the Melbourne scene. Sure. Passionate. Yeah driven, there's always a, in your classes, there's always a sense of like lightness and fun as well with music, I would say. Definitely. And then you've got disco yoga, which we're going to unpack all of it. But as far as Melbourne yoga scene goes, I'd say your pick of the creme of the creme, creme of the crop, what's the saying? <laughs> Something like so, that. But, so welcome. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be a little bit more humble than that. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll be your hype girl. You, you. <laughs> so, okay, I want to get into the yoga. I am someone that loves your yoga classes, so I do want to unpack the yoga stuff. Uh, but I kind of want to know about like how you found yoga, what was happening before the yogas because most yogis – there's a like they say yoga finds you and there's a reason quite a deep spiritual me- reason or pull or push what's yeah. what led you to yoga so when i first probably did a yoga class i was not a yogi at all i was living in nightclubs and a friend of mine was into yoga and she said come and come and do a class with me and i did a class with this great uh, teacher andrew moneas and it was amazing and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I very sporadically did a class with him. So that was it. I was a dancer, so I danced in nightclubs. So I already had a movement lifestyle basically since I was like a kid. I My mother told me I danced before I walked. Okay. So movement was easy for me and something I connected to more than anything else really. Um, and then um, – I found myself kind of having a bit of a breakdown around late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. And one day I was driving past the Australian Yoga Academy and I looked over and there was this massive yoga sign 
And I really, I really wasn't that connected to yoga at that yeah. point, but I just looked at it and I, I dialed my mum's phone number and said, mum, do you think that you would be able to help me pay for this course so I can become a yoga teacher? Because at least I know I could do that till I'm a hundred years old. So you hadn't, you just done that one class? A couple, a handful of classes. But and then dive straight in. Dive straight in. So I went to that studio and practiced quite a lot beforehand and then started doing the course and then literally did the course and um, I think it was two weeks after I graduated they asked me if I wanted to work there. So, And that was the beginning of my teaching career. So. Not to make you, I know you said like stay humble, but that's got to be a big pat on, not pat on the back, but if they ask you to be a teacher straight out of teacher training. Yeah, that yeah, would be a sign that the you're a thing good is, teacher, right? Yeah. And I think that one of the key ingredients to being a good teacher is really the ability to communicate and to speak, you know, to share yourself freely. And I've always been like that. Like whether I was a manager in hospitality or something and I looked after all the staff or, you know, I, I've been putting on events since I was a kid. So Robert I Steadfords, yes, I was reading. Yeah. yeah. So I it was very easy for me to create and command space. So then teaching, like in the teacher training, I was very vocal. I I would always say something. And I think that that kind of shows a leader's kind of personality when, when you're comfortable in speaking in front of everybody in the class and speaking to the teachers and all that sort of stuff that are training you. They kind of saw that, I think, as a sign that I would be good at it. So if you're comfortable, because that's probably... In my teacher training, I noticed that was what kind of divided the group. There were people that weren't confident speakers yeah. but great at alignment or great mm-hmm. at like something else. But then there were the speakers, I'm a speaker, I'm yeah. very comfortable speaking to. So at school and things like that, were you into like the theatre or more the dance? But speaking-wise? Dra- I did do drama. drama. Yeah, definitely did drama. I did all of the arts. Anything that was creative I did. So... It was more that I, even though I, I kind of didn't love myself as a kid, I was confident. Yeah. So it didn't, even though what was going on inside my head wasn't, might not have been very confident, the way I presented myself to everyone was, yeah. put it this way, the, the principal pulled me aside one day and assumed and said to me that I was the, the ringleader of the whole entire school. And I was like, one, I don't know the whole school. <laughs> Two, I don't know how that's possible, you know. I'd be taking that as a compliment. I know. But anyway, it was it was a bit, you know. And so that was my personality. I've always, like I'm an Aries, it's easy for me to like share myself with people. I'm yeah. outgoing. Um, Is that a fire sign? Too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you fire? So I'm earth, but the I think earth. that's probably why we get on quite yes. well. We, we balance each other out. Yeah, and you've got to have the fire. Like it's that. There's, I, I was reading about disco yoga yes. and which is one of your babies which I'll get you to really talk about. But so that's been going for the last six years. But I read the mission and it, I love it, to have as much fun as possible and bring the community together with music and yoga. So explain to me how disco yoga came about, what I have been lucky enough to do a few of your disco yogas as well. But uh, you also did St Kilda Festival this year. Yeah, I've done a few. I've done three St Kilda Festivals now. Is that two Mazillion people? Like how many people go to This that? year in Feb was 1,300 people signed up. The one before, I think I had about 1,000 sign up. So it's grown every time. Yeah. And the first time I did it, we had like 
500 come. So it just keeps Pretty improving. Massive. Yeah, they've they've put me onto the main stage, which is really nice because the sound system is the best sound And your system. makeup and hair in the photos, can I say, you had these epic like Viking braids. Yeah. Fairy floss hair and this like <laughs> sick, like really cool, like boy George fairy. Uh. Yeah, my my sister's my hairdresser, and you know my sister is my best friend, and so many other things. She's been the person that has really transformed, helped me transform myself, and kept me accountable. Is she over an older sister? Years. Yeah, I've met I've met your sister. Yeah, with she's, Matt. Yeah, she's very very special. So. Um, you know, I I probably wouldn't be the person that I am today without her, put it that way. And you've just reminded me when you mentioned your sister. So before even Yoga World, before like that late 20s, we're talking Saturn Return age group mm-hmm. as well. So yep. if people listening are like, Saturn, what? Do you know much about Saturn Return? Yeah, Do you want to definitely. share a little bit about what that is for people? Uh, well, the way that I see it is, is it around 28? Is that it? St- I think it kicks, it like, it kicks in at 27. Seven, yeah. And it and yeah, so <laughs> and, and I remember specifically saying to my sister's partner, I was like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I don't know what's going on. And she's like, it's Saturn return, honey. And um, it it's really a time in your life where you're questioning who you are and where you're going yeah. and what you're doing with yourself. And um, you know, every seven years, you are a whole new cellular cellular body and. So it's this transformation of life, basically. Yeah. So it's a really questionable time and spiritual questionable time. So and I think those life lessons, like that's in that age group where you have like really shitty heartbreak or you'll have a massive career change yeah. or you'll have a breakdown and be like, who am I? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, but Saturn Return, normally people, if they're saying to me, yeah, I feel stuck, I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> and I'm like, you're in Saturn Return. That's it. Um, so... Disco yoga has been your baby for the last six years. Yeah. Um, I know you're onto bigger and newer even, even like I love the way as well you're like, yeah, it was 500 people, then it was 1,000 people, then it was 1,300. Like The more very... people there are, the better I am at it. I don't know why. Because the energy or? More than likely. I think also because I was a performer for my whole life. Yeah. I, I've danced in front of 20,000, 30,000 people before. So in doing what like in the- uh, at um, big uh, white parties oh, and stuff wow. like that, I was part of the entertainment and stuff. Yeah. I used to do this show with one of my oldest friends, Yvette Lee, and we did um, it was a laser show, so we called yeah. it Illuminata, and we covered ourselves in mirrors and we danced with lasers, basically. So that oh, was God, the last crazy. stuff I did before I retired as a Epic. dancer. Um, but getting back to disco yoga, I forgot to mention that the reason why it started was because I had lived my life in nightclubs for, say, 15 years. Yep. And, you know, everyone I ever dated was a DJ, everyone that I ever hung out with was a DJ. So I have huge connection to music and I danced in all of these clubs that I worked at. So um, I missed it when I became sober. So. Yeah. Around 30, my 30s, I really started questioning who I was and I guess it was that that trail end of Saturn Return, what we were just talking about, that I kind of lost my mind a little bit and was really depressed and I decided that I had to do something about it because if I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. So um, from being taking so many drugs and drinking alcohol and all the things that I did, um, it it re- really made me sad that I'd kind of lost my innocence 
And I wanted to know what it was like to feel like when I had never taken drugs. I wanted to go back to that state of being. So my sister, who I was talking about before, really helped me save myself. We we ended up going to the Brahma Kumari Centre mm-hmm. and we did the meditation course. Where's and this? So this is in, on Brunswick, uh, okay. in Brunswick on Fitzroy Street. Okay. And they're a beautiful association that basically offer everything for free. You just donate to them whatever you can afford and they will teach you meditation for free. So, so amazing, right? Oh, wow. So we got right into it. And so I was meditating an hour and a half every day, oh, um, wow. you know, and this is how I got off drugs. So I basically used meditation. This is before I was a yoga teacher. So I, I didn't do yoga at this point. I was meditating. That was my first introduction to yoga. So most people do the physical yeah. in, in the Western to get there. Totally. To be able to sit and meditate. I did it the other way around. So I, I think your way is like the more solid. I, I remember my first way. I was like, Bikram yoga, I can <laughs> shed heaps of weight and look good in a bikini. That's how I started yoga. Right, right. But you found the more like what we're like, even if, you, you know, you read yoga books, it's really asana is so that we can sit and meditate for long periods of time. Correct. Just rewinding a little bit and you're such a legend for being so open, what was like a week in the life when you were living that more destructive kind of lifestyle? So I I guess I worked in nightclubs probably four or five nights a week. Mm-hmm. Dancing? Dancing or managing the bars or working behind the bars or mm-hmm. promoting any jobs basically. I, I, I had such a great time. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. I had Good. such a great I'm time. I'm glad you said that too. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. That was the problem because I had way too much fun. Yeah. I, and I was in a vortex yeah. of a whole other world. So, you know, I remember when 9-11 happened. I was in Cuba when it happened and we're all standing there like having a great time, blah, 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 and then next thing someone comes over and tells us what had happened and we were like, what the? And had to go home, and everyone's then everyone left and went home, and we were all sitting at seven a.m. in the morning, you know, not in a great state of mind, I can tell you, and watching this stuff on the television. Wow. So, so anyway, I you know I lived in nightclubs, um, loved it, and I I probably didn't sleep very well. <laughs> um, I didn't eat that very well either. Um, didn't have to. Because, you know, when you're on drugs, you don't really eat that much food. So When you're talking drugs, are you talking mainly cocaine? Or? Cocaine, anything, really, yeah. anything. I, I, never did, um, I never did heroin uh, other than it being in something by accident. But, yeah. you know, I was a, a social drug taker. Yeah. It's very easy to do that. Especially you when know? you're working in yeah. that environment. People are just giving you things all the time. So you're like... Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was a DJ, people would just like put things next to the DJ console and I'd be like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it's a, it's this weird currency. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's also a way for people to let go of their inhibitions and to be comfortable with each other and connect. And, you know, and my sister and I always talk about this, that really a lot of the time people are just actually trying to connect to God yeah. And it's a way that they get there really quickly. And, and then and they're in euphoria yeah. and they're like, I love, you know, it depends on which drug you're taking. them as well. It like is, it's totally. Feeling yuck in a lot of it. Like I think we talk a lot to Dharma in yoga, which is like living on purpose. Yeah. And I think when you're, it's really don't when have a purpose. Live that way, yeah. you're kind of reaching for all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think although you were dancing, which is something that you loved, it was almost like, 
although you were doing that, there was there was something still missing for you totally. because you were then like almost self medicating with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Well, it was the self loathing and the yeah. lack of love for myself because in that world it can be it can be well it it feels like and it seems like it's all about the body so people are looking at your body and your body's making shapes and then you're feeling the music and you know some people are really naturally great at it and then other people have to work a little bit more at it to get it to happen but they still want to do it so you're just kind of like battling with your own demons in your own head whilst doing this job because you love it and I actually, on there. the body thing, I actually wanted to ask you something about the body because about two months ago you and I were having a chai and I've got massive body image issues. I'm pretty open about that, you know, eating disorder stuff in the past. Same. And But, but I remember you and I were having a chai and you were like, I just don't get the body image thing. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in it. Like I, I deal with it in all different areas of my work. Sometimes I can't go to a yoga room because I've got such bad body dysmorphia and I'm like, I'm fat, everyone's going to think I'm fat. Literally like that is the, the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I don't really get it. And, 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 and it was so freeing to hear you say that. And I know you do get it, by the way, but it was just like you, you, I could see that you placed no value on what other people fucking thought of your body at this state where you are yeah. now as a teacher. And I was yeah. like, fuck, I want to get to there. Yeah. Well, I don't. I've never, I can honestly say this, uh, I, because when I was a, a freestyler, we hardly wore clothes. Like, yeah. So we really had to be conscious of the way that we looked all the time and, you know, that lifestyle kind of fed itself. So yeah. you didn't eat any food, you went and danced, but it was really unhealthy. And, um, you know, for me, I've never used my body as the thing that I'm selling in yoga ever. You never once have. Ever. Never. It's not, it's it's the thing that I processed the most when I became sober was those were one of the things that I had to deal with within myself was how do I love myself again and get back to at the essence of who I am rather than the concepts of people judging me and all of this sort of stuff and, and caring what other people think. Having to process through that and spending lots of time on my own and meditating and doing all the work on it I now like it's yoga is it's a a spiritual powerful experience that is helping people transform their lives and it has nothing to do with me I'm just a a vehicle a facilitator that offers something and hopefully it connects to as many people as possible I mean that's that is so beautiful of you to say but I've like as a, a yogi student, like I get something, I feel like I get something more from your classes than other classes and that's not saying any other teachers are worse or better or anything like that but because you, maybe it is because you've done so much work on yourself, you are like, to me you feel very much like the real deal, pure, this is who I am, I'm sharing this with you today, let's have a bit of fun while we do it. That's kind of the vibe I get yeah, any time I walk totally into That's totally my Total vibe of teaching yoga, exactly and, that. And it feels safe. I don't feel judged, all that. Like as a student that does have those kind of negative talk kind of patterns, but that's also rare for a teacher to be able to facilitate in that way. And I wanted to ask this question without kind of sounding like a wanker, but in the health influencer world, there is my word for dickheads as dingoes. There are so many dingoes or fake people that just want to be famous. Yep. 
And I think over the last year or so, like as I've kind of like leaned more into yoga because I'm just following my heart more, um, it feels like there's a few fake people in the yoga world. Would you say that like is that something that's happening? I think that you can probably narrow it down to the world and the it, with the Brahma Kumaris, they have this um, chart basically that they talk about the stages of of um, humanity and where yeah. we're at, and yeah. and they call this kind of like a, a stage where everything's kind of done, so everything's already been done, you know, and so it's easy for us to. Um, get caught up in the superficial stuff now if we're not doing the work, right? Mm. But then there's more to it than that. So if you're a young soul that's come down and you've only been here maybe one or two times or whatever and you're um, experiencing this, it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. There's so much stuff here. I've got the internet. I've got this. I've got that. You know, I've got all of this stuff at my fingertips. This is amazing. So there's no... Um, there's no way that those people can really relate to it in any other way, right? Okay, gotcha. So the same for, say, a yoga teacher, if they haven't done any spiritual work yet and they're just, they've, they've seen it, they've gone, okay, I want to be a yoga teacher, amazing, and they've gone and done the work in regards to the training and then they're on, you know. Which is quite short. A 200-hour teacher training is it's very not short. Much. So I did yoga training before I did the yoga training. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I did my work on myself. Oh. way before I even became, wanted to become a yoga teacher. So it's going to take them time to get there. So Instagram and all these things, that, yeah. the, the um, we call it the vices. So yeah. all the things that are like testing you, if, they're, if you're not doing the work, they're going, to, they're going to grab hold of you and you're going to be like, yeah, okay, I'm in that and then I'm going to sell myself in this way. But in the end, you're left with yourself. Yeah. And are you happy? Are you happy with who you are and how you're presenting yourself to the world? So if you're not being authentic, it will eat away at you at some point. And I think it shows because ultimately humans, I think we want to be heard and we want to feel connection. We want to feel, P.S., that's the beautiful match in the background for your little footsteps <laughs> behind us. She's incredible. Nikki has her very own direwolf, I tell people, if anyone's a Game true. of Thrones fan. She's a Maremma. She's gorgeous. Like, like is that oddball. Her name, Mar- is that no, no. breed name? Yeah, exactly. Maremma. Italian sheepdog. She looks like a wolf though. A yeah, beautiful she's white pretty wolf. special. No. <laughs> she's, she's walking around like a shark right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's gorgeous. Um, I agree. So I like I like what you've just said about that kind of like yeah. If you're a young, if you're a, yeah. so even for me though, all part of my job is Instagram and social media. Of course, everyone's everyone's totally everybody's. But I have a theory, and um, a few a few of my mates that we would call ourselves like just like we shoot the shit. What you see is what you get. And they're like, how's that person got mazillion followers? I'm like, fuck, mate, they probably bought them and they're fake, so don't worry. It's yeah. going to tra- yeah. like, and I think, and it's not a karmic necessarily thing, but with time the truth come always kind of yeah. like settles yeah. itself yeah. out, I've, I believe. Yeah. The amount of times I've said those words to people that I know, what, I, I don't understand why have they got so many followers. I've had to literally process this and detach myself from it and I'm still working through it but I've, I've had to let it go because all it does is create suffering 
and I feel anxious from it and I feel um, it creates worry and I'm not I, I'm not that kind of person. No, so I not. see what it's doing to me and I go, okay, no, you have to you have to stop looking at it. Yeah. You have to stop comparing yourself and stay on point. Stay on point with who you are and just focus on what you're doing. And it's for me, it's much more about how I connect with people on the ground rather than through things like that. Because I think that because I know the truth about it, that I'm not ever going to be that person. So I can't actually sell myself to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't actually do it. So you're the real deal. So I have to detach. Otherwise, it's going to eat away at me and it's going to be a waste of my time. Do you know if somebody said to me, describe Nikki in a, in a sentence, I'd be like, she stays in her lane. Like as far as you're like the what you're almost your value to how you work. You're, you've always got a something you're so passionate about and you're working on and you'll share it. If someone goes, what are you doing at the moment? You'll be like, I'm doing this thing. It's fucking hard and this is what's happening. Like you're mm, very mm. open but you're always working on this like you've always got a little like fire of mm, something. Mm, mm. And But you always just stay in your lane. Like you're just constant, like you don't, I've never seen you get like caught up in anything. Like you're very, um, you're your own spirit and I love that. It's because you didn't know me when I was on drugs. So it's, and that was my, as you say that, do you want to share anything more than I feel like? Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I just feel like if you'd known me back then, I was all drama Uh, and there was so much stuff going on and I was always crying and I was like this and that and whatever and I I was going up and down, up and down all the time and you can't be that. You can't be steady in amongst that. It's not possible. Yes, and and. You're exactly right. But what I was, what you've led me to is when, so 15 years ago you became sober, Mm -hmm. was there kind of like a moment or was it a choice? Would you distinctively remember that choice? Yep, totally. Um, I was in the kitchen of the apartment that I was living at and I had broken down basically. My sister had come over and she was very compassionate with me and I was just, I, I said, I'm sick of crying, I'm sick of feeling like this, I don't want to feel this way anymore, I'm done, I'm, I'm sick of losing my mind, I, I, I have to do something. And like I said, she basically said, you have to meditate. Oh, so your sister. You have to meditate. That was the moment. This is the only way that you're going to be able to save yourself. So, and that's what happened. And if you didn't save yourself and if that didn't happen, what do you think would have happened? It it would not be good. I I would not be anything like I am right now. There is no way. I don't know what would have happened. Um, Wow. It could have been really bad. Like I I smoked marijuana every day for 15 years. Just to like mellow out and chill out before you went to bed? Because I was addicted. Yeah, okay. Like if I didn't have it, I was a mess. And would you drink every day? Um, Most days. It's. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this because I actually think that all of us, in some way, self-medicate. Yeah. Like drugs, alcohol, sex, food. Of course. There's something. It's like the nature of a human being is to be addicted to something. Something's not right. Uh, uh, I need to. I need to. I don't want to feel that pain, so mm-hmm. I'm going to rather go to my than, thing. Yeah, yeah, rather than sit in the shit. Yeah. And I was talking to a good mate of mine last night and she's, we're both like, we're both like, whoa, we're growing heaps at the moment. And I said, do you know what though? I've been sitting in this growth for a while <laughs> and I'm like, I'm wrapped with the growth. I'm also ready to step out of the growth <laughs> and just spread my wings and not worry. And I think 
there are these moments in your life where you're like, oh, I've got that lesson now. Yes. I don't need to repeat yes. that. At some point you have to get to that point. Yeah. And I did, I've done that many times now. I mean, there's still things that are showing up that I go, okay, you know, like jealousy, um, you know, frustration, things like that. They still show up in different forms and I'm like, hmm, there's that voice again. Okay. So my speaking of you kind of like sharing that things still show up. So as I was having a little Insta stalk of you, I'm like, shit, when does this girl stop? You teach so much. Mm. Like if you'll be like, come join me at my chilled fashion release um, vinyasa or yin tonight, like release it tonight. I'm like, when does she stop? And I like I feel like you're a helper and a healer. Mm. So mm. a part of you would love like you mentor me. Yeah. So Nikki and I will literally meet up once every couple of weeks. I'll be like, this is what I'm struggling with teaching yoga. And you'll be like, have you thought about this, this and this and this? And then like, how about you throw in some tiger curls and like <laughs> and we really work on sequencing because I'm not confident on sequencing. And my teaching has changed dramatically because. It has. I love it now. Yeah. I used to dread teaching. Right. Well, it was probably just a little voice of fear that was like, I'm not good enough or, or whatever, even though you're brilliant. It was a lack like, of self-confidence, yeah. totally. And and also when you come from that place, you stick yourself in a comfort zone where you'll be okay. Yeah. And you're not an okay kind of girl. You're an excelling kind of girl. Like I want to do, you know, you want to grow. You want to get better. Do you remember better. you offered to mentor me quite a while ago yes. and you said, when you're ready, like I'm ready to mentor you because you said you're a good, you're a really good yoga teacher. But I remember you saying, but you can be. And then you said, we've also got to get deeper in your legs. And I was like, shit, so every time I practiced, I was like, <laughs> get deeper in your legs, Lolo. And now I now I like really focus on legs, especially if I'm in one of Nikki's classes. But I digressed a little bit there. What I want to know is like, Obviously, like the act of yoga is a service of helping others and mm-hmm. helping to facilitate healing and spiritual growth, and you are brilliant at that. But do you think that you like overgive yourself? Um, I have a lot of energy. You do actually. I will say that more energy than I ever had when I took drugs and alcohol. Way like triple the amount of energy that I had. I like. I don't. I, I rarely feel tired. Like, yeah, I, I I rarely feel sick or anything. Like, I don't struggle. Like, I have an abundance. Like, I'm up at five every morning and yeah, teaching at six, and then, you know, I don't get to bed till ten, ten thirty, and because I I teach the six o'clock class as well at night, and then by the time I get home and have some dinner and then wind down, it's that, and then I'm back up again the next day. I've really worked out my system now though. Like I've worked out where I teach. So because I have to share that when I first started teaching, I had, because I'm a little OCD, (laughs) little little cray-cray like that. That's also like A-type personality. Yeah. Yeah. So I would never teach the same class twice ever, right? Oh, wow. Ever. So I have books of full full of classes over there, full, full, full. Like so never, and I taught up to 18, 20 classes a week at the beginning eventually. Like it started off small amounts and then it grew and then I just did a lot. So can you imagine going home and writing a class every night and then teaching a different class the next day? 
And I did that all the time because I never wanted anybody to feel like they had to do the same thing twice because for me I got bored. Like if someone someone had the same class all week, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Really? I have to do that again? Okay. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So that's me personally. Like I like to be led somewhere where I'm not necessarily preempting anything. I don't know where you want me to go. I want you to guide me and I just want to let go. And I want to feel like I'm moving with the breath and the cue and that's it, Yeah, you know. And so I can become one with that. It's, I guess it's the dancer in me that oh, I want totally. it to move in that way, you know. And um, so, yeah, I just. So you don't, but you don't feel like you're, because you're, you're saying you've got so much energy, like you don't feel like, because I was like, I wonder if she ever like burns out. It's pretty rare. So would you attribute that to, like you were just saying you're like 28 years vegetarian? Yes. Attribute that to diet and lifestyle? Totally, totally. I I, I rarely have sugar and uh, I mean I I have little. I just gave you chocolate as a little thing. I know. I I have moments where I'll have little, you know, spurts of allowing it to happen and then I'll cut it out again and whatever. But, you know, I, I don't think it even is that. I think that it's the type your body type or your soul or your karmic journey, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, my, I don't see myself, I said it to my sister the other day, I don't see myself dying unless my death date is earlier than 100, I don't see myself dying before 100, right? Because I have that, I feel the energy, the spark of life in me is big, Right. And that was the thing. When I had the breakdown, I real I was I knew that deep down inside there was something more to me than what I was giving the world. Yeah. And I was like, because even when I was on drugs, I was helping people. Yeah, I, was I like, can imagine. I was at the bar counseling people <laughs> and, you know, like giving advice and trying to work and, and always being creative and all those sort of things. But I knew that that lifestyle was actually hindering my potential. And that oh, was totally. why I stopped it. Oh, God, you're so there's one thing, it's one thing to be able to go, okay, I can see this lifestyle's fucking me up and taking me further away from where I want to be. It's another thing to have the self-discipline to stick to that because we all want what we know we can't have. Mm -hmm. So So I I have this thing that when I was 18 I was dancing in Korea and I was dancing in... Yeah, I was dancing, dancing in Incheon for six months and they ate dog there, right? So I went to this market and I was walking down this market and there was pig's heads, dog heads, all sorts of stuff in this market and freaked me right out. I was like, so, but what happened was I went back to my hotel and I was like, who am I to judge? Like someone else's culture and lifestyle and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And who am I to pick which animal am I okay with eating and which one I'm not okay with eating? So from that moment, I, like a switch went off. I went, that's it, I'm not eating meat anymore. So that was 18 years wow. old. And I knew that I had that ability to make a switch go like that once I'd made the full decision, right? So I knew that I'd done that for myself already and nothing, no no one could convince me in any way, shape or form that meat is a food for me ever again in my life, right? No matter how sick I was or whatever, you know, so many times I've been to a Chinese doctor and they're like, you need to eat meat. I'm like, you need to get another idea in your head <laughs> because that's not happening. But you to know? me, this is this shows me a sense of 
uh, self-confidence to go. That's what I mean. I am a confident. Exactly. Who you are, your value system. And, yeah. Whereas I will. I'll be like um, having at my boyfriend's house and his parents are Italian and they're like, oh, we've made this pasta and I can't eat gluten. Right. And Matt's like, you can't, you can't have that. And I'm like, oh, just a little bit. I feel really guilty. Right. Okay. And it's all out of guilt for mine. But I notice yeah. like, and I love it when I see people that are just like, I think the most successful souls are so solid, solid within themselves yeah. and you're one of them that's just like, well, this is who I am. You can still do you. That's totally fine. Yeah. But I'm going to do me and this yeah. is what serves me. Yeah. Well, I think that comes down to the um, I'm not overly a people pleaser. Yeah. I don't think that's one of my um, personality traits. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I love to help people yeah. and serve people but, I'm not in, and that, I think that comes back to the Instagram thing. I'm not going to do things like have hardly any clothes on and do photo sh- shoots of me and my body and stuff. And and that you're never going to see that on my yeah. Instagram. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, and and it seems to be a popular thing that makes people popular in the yoga industry. Like if you're doing asana that's really advanced and have hardly any clothes on, boom, you've got about twenty thousand followers. Yeah. Twenty, you know, like. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, take much. I think I th- no. there's that movement that I think some people think is aspirational, but it's I, look. To be honest, it doesn't make me feel very good about it because I'm like, oh, I can't shit. do that. I don't look like that. I'm yeah, like, oh, I don't yeah. know why it makes it so popular. <laughs> but it sells a lot. It of, does. It sells it does. a lot, a lot yeah. of yoga pants. I'm sure. Uh-huh. And, and you know, it, it, it's it, to me, it's fascinating because yeah. on one on one side, there's like this beauty to yoga, and there's this beauty in the arsenal. Of course, don't get me wrong. I I'm in awe of what oh. I see. You know, like Dylan Werner, say for example, you look at his stuff, and you're oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, how is that physically possible? What you're doing it's like right a, now, like level, like Olympic athlete <laughs> yeah, level, pretty much. Totally, it's inspiring. It is, and I see the purpose of that. I really do. But I, it's just not me. No, I'm not going to sell myself in that way. And I think when values placed upon it in the wrong kind of, not context, but like I think, it, yeah, it's it's a slippery slope. Like, it is. And I think if you're, you've got to be really, really, really clear in the way you were, were just describing about your choice. Mm-hmm. I think the same goes with anything on socials. My only rule with social media is just be fucking real. Yeah. Totally. And that's how I am. And, and I still have to do work gigs that involve my social media, mm-hmm. but I'll always, I've learned, I'll say, no, I get sign off on final type. Yep. Because I would not use that word or, you know. Yep. And sometimes that goes down like a lead balloon and they're like, well, we're paying. And I'm like, yeah, I'm delivering in my way. Yes. Yeah. So it does, I, 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 I get it. Well, the one thing that I think that people forget, not forget about social media, but like, a lot of people will DM me and write to me like the like that need help and and all that kind of thing. So you you've got to be aware that like your message is hitting people and you've got to be very conscious of what that message is. Mm-hmm. And you're clear with yours. You're so clear with your um, everything that you do, which yeah. I love. I love, love, love. I've got a list of questions here, so I need to look back down because I get too I get too um, wrapped up in you, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, okay. This is going to be a weird one. You're going to be like, where'd she come from with this? So last Christmas Day yeah. and New Oh, I think I came to your Christmas Day and your New Year's Eve you disco did. yoga. Yeah. Yeah. There was a gold theme I think on. Solid gold. So we did like 70s 
like fun playlist, yeah. And I remember going through like a glitter like, um, yeah. you know, hanging from the door and everything. Yeah. But all that money went to charity or was that for the Christmas Day the one? Christmas Day. So I always teach on Christmas Day and every, all the donations go to whoever I'm picking for that time. I think I did... Um, I, I think like it was for was Sudan a, or something. Yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. but that could have been the one bet- time before. African kids, you know, there was all an sorts African of stuff. kids one. Yeah. I remember that. So that sounded so like <laughs> flippant. <laughs> but what I I noticed, like, because I was like, how how does Nikki make me feel? And and the, I always think, shit, she gives so much of herself away, like in a good way. Mm-hmm. And you've all every year, like, yeah, you're working with a charity or you're and and you've written. I don't know if you remember this, but you've written to me in the past and gone, hey, I've seen you volunteer on Christmas Day. Who do you do it with? I'm interested in helping out. And I think that I feel like that's such a big part of your core, which is giving back to people. Yeah. And you're always doing kind of like there's a charity element to like peppered in the background. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason? Like do you think it's just a, a bigger version of that giving back and helping people? I think that service is essential. Yeah. And um, like, I said before, I've got a lot of energy. So it's <laughs> it's I, my well is pretty full. Yeah. So I have a lot to offer and I believe that some people are not as fortunate as me. So I, if I can help anyone in any way, that would be amazing, you know. And, um, you know, like we did a, a free disco yoga for the Butterfly Foundation. We raised like $9,000. Amazing. Um when one of my friends was killed in in one of the bushfires that happened uh, a few years ago and I was in Byron when it happened and the first thing I said after the phone call, I was pretty distraught and I said, okay, well, what can I do to give back? And um, so I put on an event at the Prince of Wales and yeah. got all of my dancer friends, everyone that I could, I, I knew, I rang and said, can you please do something? Even got Denny Hines to sing um, got so many people in, on board and we we raised $10,000 that night and wow. we gave it, because it was only 10000 I gave it to the um, animals, so the RSPCA, yes, the burn yeah. victims yeah, of the animals. So, yeah, so that's, I like to do that. Yeah. That makes me feel good. It's not, it's, and it's not about um, me even, but I, like, if I can give, then I, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, that's your whole jam, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. Can you tell us a little bit about Dharmaland? Yeah, so Dharmaland's a similar kind of, uh, it's got a similar ethos to it. It's yeah. about the community. So Dharmaland's a two-day festival I'm creating. Okay. And it is, it's pretty massive. This is probably, I would have to say it's the biggest um, event I've ever done. And it's a massive learning curve. Like I'm, I'm, turning it into a not-for-profit so that um, I can give back to the community and also have the community support me as much as they can as well. Um, And it's going to be filled with the best yoga that you can get um, or any kind. So it's a a festival based on movement, mindfulness and sustainability, the three things that I think that are key for the future of humanity. So we need to move because... Obesity is massive and that leads to so many things like depression and um, anxiety and all sorts of stuff. And then on top of, so the mindfulness part of it, meditation is key to the world and and this is the cycle of the world that we're in right now. It's it's like it's this kind of 
um, degraded version of ourselves, you know. So we have to lift from the soul rather than the external. So um, there'll be lots of meditation, there'll be lots of Dharma talks. So um, inspiring people who can give us tools to take home. So it'll be stuff you can do at work, stuff you can do at home, and then places you can go to as well. So, um, you know, inspiring people to go to stuff that's already available in their community, basically. And then sustainability is massive, like climate change. Like when we're just, we can all ignore it as much as we like, but I'm sorry, like how often in in um, winter are there days where you're like, is it summer? What's yeah. happening? You know, yeah. um, the amount of rubbish that we have just piling up, like I don't. Plastic. Plastics. Yeah. Like, I like there's so much more to it than that as well. Mm. Like how do we, how do we see the future and what are you prepared to do to get there? If you really see it as something positive and if you want to keep having children and, and expanding your families and all this sort of stuff, then you think about their life and their children's life. Like don't just think about you right now. Like this is the problem of the ego. It's like me, 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 me. I don't really care what you're doing and which is why like being a vegetarian and and now a vegan is one of the biggest steps you can take to transforming the world just by not having all of those animals eating all of those grains Mm. like there's so many things that we can already do right now to, to change the future, but we're ignoring it. So I just want to have people from leading um, information who we can just give it away. So there'll be one part of the festival that's free and open to everybody to come. There's and then a paid back to everyone again. <laughs> yes. So the, and then there's a paid area mm-hmm. where we'll have the, the the elite of everyone. You know, I'm pretty uh, pretty specific about what I find is quality yoga and we'll even have Pilates and things like that, um, other kind of movement-based um, activities and um, dancing. You know, I'm going to have dance classes and so um, disco yoga obviously is going to be a part of it and DJs and music. All the things that make us really alive and happy to be alive are going to be involved in this, colour and movement. Oh, my God, she's starting to chew on that's a stick. A, <laughs> that's all right. That's fine. Good old Matt. She's so beautiful. Um, yeah, she's <laughs> I love it. No, no, it's cute. She's bought Mum a stick. Okay. She's chewing well, it. got there, bub. All right. She's taking it outside. She's, she's it's like okay. Little, she's like a really calm shark, isn't she? Yeah. Just like stealthily walks in. <laughs> but as you were describing all the attributes or all the qualities of Dharmaland, I, I was literally like, oh, it feels alive. That was the feeling. That's exactly the vibe like- that it's going to be. The most fun festival you've ever going to be been at. It's it's basically based on Disneyland. Awesome. And Disneyland and Wonderlust mixed together. Awesome. So, Totally serving the community and giving everybody an Have opportunity. You been to Disneyland? Yes. Oh my goodness, happiest place in the world. Exactly. <laughs> like you, it's a must go to in your lifetime. So. Um, yeah. So I'm all about color, as you know. Like the fact yeah. that I color my hair all the time, and we're looking it, at a beautiful purple hue today. Would we say? Yeah. Yeah. Gorge. Yeah. Love and it. in my house, it's just a vomit of color, basically everywhere. And my house sat for you. Do you remember when you I were know, in LA? I know. Yeah. I wouldn't have many people in my house, and you are like in the the top um, choices. Well, so I, I think everything you're saying, and and. Obviously, like I look up to you as a yoga teacher and someone that's mentoring me with my teaching, but I feel like our hearts are pretty 
aligned. Yeah, similar like when you talk about kind of like that, that older soul that's come back a few times. Like I can meet someone, I'm like, I feel sick. Like I will have a physical feeling if I meet an yeah. idiot. Like I'll have this <laughs> or I'll get a flush or like yeah. a panic, a bit of a panic or something. Yeah. Like you can feel it straight away or you'll meet someone and you'll be like, shit, I feel like I've known them for five years. You know, like you've got this all since ever. Like, and I just think that's what you were talking about, like how in tune you are with yourself. So Dharma Lamb will be next year. Yep. February next year. People can get involved, can't they? I'm going to totally. tag all your stuff in here. and Totally. I might Darlene's really, it, really in the the um, uh, the creative stage yeah. right now. That's fun though. Yeah, totally. Like I've actually, like I have a vision of it completely and I've already done the schedule, everything. It's all organised. But creating a not-for-profit is challenging, I've found. Yeah, <laughs> Especially when law is not your bag. Yeah. Um, so I've been really growing in that way and having to stay really steady and meditate when I feel like I'm getting a bit frustrated with it or whatever and and um, allow myself to be okay with not being perfect and to be messy a little bit and then grow from that place. And I've had a huge amount of support from people who love me and I love and, you know, like I just I could be here for days trying to explain all, to all of the, the gifts that these people have given me already. I'm very supported. So I'm 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 very fortunate and I, I wake up every day and I'm grateful for these things and I say it out loud and tell myself how grateful I am for all of the people in my life. So yeah. Here's I'm gonna put put this towards you though as an idea. This is what I think because I'm a little bit businessy. Like I love looking at like as you're saying all this, I'm like, yeah, I can imagine how it's going to look. I can see what a bird's eye blueprint would look like right now. Is there going to be a time when you're eventually going to have to pull away from teaching as much at studio studios in order to run these bit much bigger? Because to me, Dharmaland feels like disco yoga on steroids. It is. Basically. It like, is, yeah. You know, and like I... I know you're a dreamer and a doer and I know that you and I both have this beautiful affinity for America as well and I think... Which is where Dharmaland was born. I was meditating and I came out of a meditation and it downloaded to me and I literally wrote everything down in this moment when I was in LA. There you go, kids. Go meditate and all your your ideas (laughs) are going to go. But it's so true, isn't it? I literally rocked up to yoga the other morning and what did I say to you as soon as I saw you? Do you remember? I'd woken up, so Nikki was teaching the 6.15 Oh, that you dreamt about my dog. and <laughs> I, w- I had my alarms at 7.30. I was really tired. I'd eaten a bit of shit that day, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to sleep it up. Like I just was feeling a bit like periody and sugary and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm going to set my alarm for 7.30 and get on with my day as soon as I wake up. Nope, I'm dreaming of match. I wake up at exactly 5.45. I'm like, shit, if I can get ready in five minutes, I'll make Nikki's class. I like <laughs> threw on who knows what. <laughs> Out the door, I like see Nikki, and I'm like, dude, I just dreamt of match. <laughs> but again, that's yeah. a bit like that's interesting. It's like stars aligning, all that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. If my question for you is, I see Darmalang being being fucking massive. Like, it's going to be being global, not like yes, it will start in Melbourne, which is yeah. where we are now. We're in yeah. your awesome apartment. Is this an apartment? Would you call it? Well, it's a it's a 1800s mansion that yeah. has been transformed into apartments. So I reckon we're in the dining room of the mansion and they yeah, transformed it into a um, an apartment. So there's bathroom obviously and toilet and kitchen. So cool. Yeah. A, a Triple height We ceilings. are in Melbourne. We're in Melbourne. So yeah. do you see that is a plan for Dumbland to then go Melbourne, Sydney? Absolutely. Brizzy. Yeah. yeah. 
and then basically America. what I need more than anything is support right now and financial support and sponsorship, which is the next stage. So once I become a not-for-profit, I'm applying for grants and things like that and um, and then we're just going to start reaching out to people and seeing who wants to be involved. So um, anyone that's aligned basically with, because it's going to be completely green, so there's no plastic, yeah. there's no waste, we'll be having everything on site that's recyclable and um, and basically measured to the amount of people that we sell tickets to. So we, we have virtually no waste. So that's the goal of that part of it. And then, um, you know, obviously you have to be aligned. Oh, the whole thing is vegan as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the point of that really is the educational part of how you can make a change to the future of the planet. So that's the main reason for that. It's not necessarily, we're not putting on it that it's vegan anywhere, you will be offered the most amazing food and you won't even know that you're not eating meat or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you won't even care. You'll be like, wow, this is amazing. Why was I living like this already? Exactly. We want to inspire people and let them understand that this is a great way of living. Yeah. Clean, like respectful, ahimsa, no no harming what's anything. Hims, what's him? Ahimsa is non-harming. So it's one of the yamas and niyamas. Yeah. So, you know, when you really like study yoga and you study the yamas and philosophy. niyamas, the philosophy of it and the teachings and, and kind of like the rule book, I guess, and I your morals say, and like, ethics. The yamas and the niyamas are like your, your yeah, the rules, like the yes and the no's or is it? Um, more, more like... Um, the ethics and morals of how you conduct yourself as a being on the planet. Yeah, right. Got it. So ahimsa is one of them, and um, that's non-harming, but it's also non-harming to yourself. The way that you think, the yeah. way that you speak to others, the way you treat others, including your closest ones and your animals, and so that's that's pretty much how I live my life through those. Yeah. You live yoga. That's the other thing when we were talking about before, like it's so easy to go and do your 200 hours, but in that 200 hours you spend maybe half a day going over the namas and the niyamas and then you're like, come what? Like it doesn't stick. Like it's such a small, it's like you really have to go delve or like learning about pranayama, like breath control and breath work. Like that's such a, if it's touched on in a teacher training, brilliant, you know, and I think you have like gone above and beyond to really kind of like develop what yoga is, not just to you but as the way that you want to spread it. Yes. And you also, on that note, quickly, you also run retreats, don't you? So you've done a few retreats in Bali. You've got one coming up in Peru. Yes. So it's pretty cool. No, I've never been to I'm Peru. A bit and I'm, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's just going to be amazing. So we're in Sacred Valley and – you know, it's just, it's a beautiful um, spiritual place to go and do oh. something like this and the retreat is about the power of belief. So oh. we'll be um, doing workshops on how to crack, you know, those limiting core beliefs and, wow. and understanding what belief is. Jealous. And, <laughs> and why, why belief is so important because you're believing things regardless of whether you're aware of it or not. And if you're repeating things in your mind all the time that uh, – uh, uh, holding you back from yeah. your potential be- just because somebody said something to you when you were five years old, which has I've had that and still have moments of that where I'm like, whoa, that still shows up, you know. So um, I think we all have that. Yeah. So 
that's what that's going to be about. We'll be uh, going to Machu Picchu as well. I heard you say that the other morning. I'm like, oh, well, that's another thing that may not be here forever if we keep not looking after our planet, these places. Exactly. And I don't say any of these things to to try to put myself in a different place than other people and because I'm absolutely not perfect. But but that's what makes, no human is, but that's what makes Exactly, but I'm conscious of what I'm doing as me, you know, and trying my best to do the best that I can for for me and for everyone else that I come in contact with. I love it. Yeah. You've talked really openly about failure, especially when you were dancing, partying, and there was something missing in your life and you were kind of like medicating with booze and weed and drugs and all that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... For people listening that are in there, like lost, like I think we all go through phases where we feel a bit Absolutely. like discombobulated. Totally. Or I say to my boyfriend, oh, I'm in the wars. I'm in the wars at the moment. Like you just get that feeling like, you know, we're yeah. in Mercury retrograde now. I know, yeah. It's um, been an interesting month. <laughs> oh, mate, when does it end? When does it Mercury retrograde? Oh, I think there's another, another week or two of it, yeah. <sighs> TikTok, hurry yeah. up. Um so, yeah, what's your advice to someone that feels stuck and, like, they're, they're going around, churning around? Okay. So I think that you'll find when you're stuck that things feel overwhelming and you feel like the world's kind of crashing down on you a bit. So you have to sit with yourself at that point and ask yourself, do I believe that this is where I want to be? Or do I believe that I want to be somewhere else? And once you get that decision made, it's like a will that has to be there for you to transform, right? But you also have to be really compassionate with yourself because if you're going to be hard on yourself, which is already the thing that got you into the trouble in the first place, you're going to use that same mentality of judgment and and analytical, you know, voice that goes on in your head it's going to take you to the same place and you're just going to get more frustrated. So for you to transform, you have to surrender and you have to soften. It's like yoga, same deal. You have to let go of the old version of you and move into the new version of you. So you have to kind of go through some messiness at first because your body's used to being a certain way, your mind's used to being a certain way, and it's a habit. It's a habit of... Um, self-loathing or it's a habit of being destructive, it's a habit of um, being angry, you know, all the things that hold us back from being the potential of who we are, which is ultimately love because what baby have you met that you didn't go, oh, my God, that baby's so freaking cute, look at it, I'm in love with it, and you don't even know it. But that's the essence of who it is. So that's you initially underneath all the stories that you've carried on for your whole entire life. So if you are sick of the story that you're living and you want to get rid of it, you have to be okay with um, being messy and uncomfortable and break through that with consistency and, and breathing through the fear rather than letting the fear take over you. And get help. Get yeah. help. Talk to people. I was very lucky to have my sister. She was my, like my confidant. She, she like kept me accountable and pushed me to change and to transform myself. I did the work, but she was like not accepting anything less. You want to be in my life? This is what you have to do. You have to be the best version of you. 
That's Amazing. it. It was the ultimate goal. We right? all need your sister. We all Absolutely. need Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you mentioned before that often a change, to make a change or something, we need, we, the, we respond to like a shock. Yes. So if, so Dr. Joe Dispenza has been my teacher of late, like even more so than a yoga teacher, say for example, because the transformational stuff, like it's one thing to move your body and do all the things that we do in yoga, but really why are you doing it? What's the purpose? If you can't do exercise, are you still going to do the work or is it just yoga that you, that that's what you call yoga? Do you know what I mean? Like if you break your leg, are you still going to do yoga? Like are you going to yeah. do the mental yoga? Are you going to do the heart yoga? Are you going to do the meditation, the pranayama? Like what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. So he says basically for you to transform, one, take yourself out of the environment that you're in, go somewhere else and transform yourself with all of the tools of like, you know, meditation and breath work and all of that, that stuff that he works with. Um, but he also says that you will naturally want to change dramatically, like transform yourself instantly if you have had a death in the family that meant a huge amount to you and shocked you and you didn't know how to deal with it, it might transform you to be someone else. Mm -hmm. And then um, if you've been really sick and your life was threatened, that will transform you. Like he deals with a lot of people who have cancer for, you know, four-stage cancer and like diseases they've lived with their whole lives and he's transforming them. Wow. Like he's absolutely inspirational in that sense that he's lived what he's teaching. Mm. He saved himself from a massive accident where he was hit by a truck and um, broke his back in quite a few places and was basically told you'll never walk again. And he meditated and transformed himself. So he meditated on and visualising and seeing what it was Mm -hmm. that, um, that his spine was healthy and he kept doing it and he never gave up. Never, never, never gave up and because he, he had nowhere else to go and he watched himself go through the mind cycle of doubt, of worry, of stress, of anxiety, all the things, and he had to keep coming back to the meditation and he did it and did it and did it and within six months he was walking again. I don't know anyone else that's done that. No. So that takes discipline as well though. And of I course, think but he had nowhere to too. go, right? Yeah. It's different when you've got your life that you're living and all the stories that you're living and they're reminding you of who you already are. Yeah. If you want to be something else, you have to change all of yeah. that. But you have to be vigilant. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot give up. It's like on a lesser scale when you go through a breakup and you're like, oh, I'm going to, and it never lasts because it's obviously using the wrong energy. Yeah. But it's enough of a shift to often kind of like it kicks you into a gear or you change your hair or, you know, those things yeah. that, it, but it's a, that's a very micro version and also the wrong kind of one to use. <laughs> I always talk about it in health. I'm like, never go on a detox or a diet for a boy. Never <laughs> do it. Because you're always doing energetically. It's coming from the wrong energy. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I think making that change and knowing that if you're going to make a change, that the doubts will come in, that the worry is going to come in and and having that kind of like, whether it be the grounding of yoga or meditation or pranayama yeah. to catch you or mantra to catch yes. you. Yes. Totally. That's what's happening with me with Dharmaland right now. I keep finding myself in uncomfortable positions where I'm like, how am I going to sort this out? And every time that I've found myself in that uncomfortable position, I've turned my phone off and I've put a meditation on and I've sat down and I've meditated for at least 15, 20 minutes because I don't know how else to deal with it. 
Yeah, well, that's the only way because you've got to sw- you've got to completely change mindset. Got to change your mindset, and you've got to change your energy. Yeah, you can't solve problems from anger and frustration yeah. and fear. You can't solve them from there. So you have to surrender to the unknown, and that's the unfamiliar thing that we're all afraid of is being unfamiliar because we're habitual beings. Ah, oh, big time. Yeah. So I think as well with the whether it be Darmland, whether it be something going on, whether it be that you want to change, you're feeling stuck. For me, uh, always a, like a clicking point or a switch flicking point is a sense of I'm doing this because I bloody, lo- bloody love myself. For me, that's like enough to go, no, you're doing this because you want to, Lola, and because yes. you value yourself. Yes, yes. Whether it be doing you ha- you school or You have to value be- yourself. And if that is the reason why that you're fearful and stressed, work on that. Yeah. Find the reason why you believe that story and yeah. change it. And that's where I love you just said get help. Like I'm really open about having a therapist and I think get the help that you need, whether that be see a hypnotherapist, see someone to help you with med- teach you meditation or there's an amazing um, naturopath and counsellor and he's a compassionate, mindful and compassionate coach Yeah, and teaches you to be more self-compassionate. Yeah. Like There's so much help. Oh. There's so much help and it's, it's an abundance of resources it's more that I think that we have to know who we are and what's going to resonate with us because you could go on the advice of someone else saying, go and see this person, go and do da, da, da. But really, if you don't believe it, it's not going to change anything. No. So you have to understand who you are and what works for you and don't listen to the voice that's telling you to friggin' not go. Don't listen to that or the part voice. Of you. There are going to be people around you that do doubt you. Exactly. Like, don't listen to those the naysayers. Who yeah, gives yeah. a <laughs> shit? Good you luck. Bit, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Good luck with your life. Namaste. I, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I when I had a smoothie bar, my business partner was hilarious, and and um, oh, we just had it every now and then. We'd have a few just tricky staff members, and he'd always say, um, "Fuck!" If we if we had to let someone go, he'd say. Um, Oh, catch a latte because he was in the coffee business and it was all about lattes and he'd be like, see your latte, done. <laughs> on to the next one. I'll be like, dude, you are so – anyway. Um, speaking of healing and and that the, there is help out there, obviously for you and I help is yoga mm. and, and being on the mat and having that discipline to show up on the mat without any attachment to an outcome we talk a lot about in yoga as well. Yeah. For someone that's like listening to this going, okay, I'm going to try yoga now, I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm fucking scared and I can't touch my toes and I'm uncoordinated. So bend your knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but people have this weird thing, I need to be flexible to do yoga, I need to be able to do a handstand. I still can't, I still can't do one yet. We'll need to practice this. <laughs> we'll do it. That's the next workshop. Um, what's your advice? Someone that wants to try it, they're a bit worried and maybe a bit unconfident about it, what would your tip be? Uh, I think that it's important to pick something that is um, not going to have a whole lot of excuses around it. So if it's too far away, you're not going to go at yeah. six in the morning or something or whatever, I'll just stay in bed, I can't be bothered. Pick something that's accessible yeah. and um, I recommend going to beginner's classes because... I love beginner's beginner's classes. Beginner's classes are broken down. They're not going to be easy. I, I taught beginners for years, for years yeah. and years and years. I loved that class because 
all of a sudden had this audience of people who were listening, who were like there for the right reasons, yeah. they were curious, you know, and they they wanted to learn. So and I all I want to do is give. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a really nice exchange. Um, it was just literally the time slot that I didn't want anymore as a 7.30 class. Yeah. <laughs> it got me to bed way too late yeah, so I had yeah. to give it up in the end. But um, I think that that's important. Don't go into the 6 p.m. classes so quickly because they tend to have regular um, students going and members who have a strong practice okay. and then you look around and you feel, can feel a little overwhelmed if people are doing handstands to Chaturanga and I've you know, never done a 6 p.m. class. I'm a morning girl. I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, just pick your time slot properly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the weekend classes are generally okay, but they're also really busy. Yeah. So you're not going to get much attention. And then you're going to be like, ah, yoga, didn't really love it. It wasn't that for me, blah, blah, blah. And also the idea of being flexible is not... Um, it's not coherent with yoga. It's it's actually we're we're on a scale of imbalances in life, and we're we're either really rigid or we're too flexible. Can't be bothered. Do you know what I mean? We're like like a type personality, like do 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 do, pushing our nervous system to the absolute extreme, and then we're wondering why we got chronic fatigue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or all these other things yeah. that conditions of the skin and this yeah. and that and whatever. Like yeah. we're wondering why our body's screaming at us, going, "Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. This is not normal." I feel and like then, you're talking to me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then the other end of the scale is you're not doing anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're both going to create suffering. Yeah. So yoga is really asking us to go to the middle of all of this. Yeah. Be flexible in your mind and your body. Be strong in your mind and your body. Once this comes to this stiram sukham asanam is my ultimate all-time teaching of yoga, above and beyond anything else because it relates to everyone. We're all doing that and we're all going to tip the scale of that at some point during the day. So that's and you can take that off the mat to that balance of finding strength and softness basically. Yes, yeah. Like look at the places where you're really stuck and really rigid and you say no all the time. Maybe say yes yeah. for a while. Oh, I like this. Say yes for a while. Um, and you mentioned before, and I'm just scared that we may have lost it in the other little chunk, was ask yourself if you're happy. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're, if you're um, questioning who you are a lot and you're looking externally for things to fulfil that hole and... You know, in particularly like things like alcohol, right? Accessible. Anyone can go and get a drink as long as you're over 18. Go to the shop, get yourself some alcohol. Makes you feel different, makes you relax, let go. Like get rid of some of that angst that's kind of built up weeks or days Mm. or months or years or whatever. And all of a sudden you're another different personality that you're like, oh, I'm a happy person, I'm all good, yeah. I love my life, da da la And then the next day you wake up with a hangover. Yeah. So it's it's this ebbing and flowing yeah. of things that are going on that really challenge us and they accumulate over time. So if you find that um, all of a sudden you're like, why am I so depressed? Like why is life not fulfilling me? Um, yoga is asking us to come home to who we really are, you know, like to to come home to the essence of who we are, which is love, and it's got nothing to do with judgment or mm. frustration or anger or all of those mm. vices that we live our life by, you know, that are fulfilling superficial needs 
and um, surface needs of things, you know. Oh, you're amazing. I could talk to you all flame and day long. Can. We can. We can. Um, is there, just to top this off, is there a mantra or quote or anything that you're living by and loving at the moment? Mm. Or one that you go back to that you just love? Nothing in particular that's coming to my mind uh, other than, um, you know, me just saying to myself, be grateful. Yeah. Be grateful. Be really conscious of what you're grateful for because it's the the um, energy of receiving anyway. So oh. we're always wanting. It's the nature of who we are. We're like, I want this, I want that, I, like... I want a relationship, I want a car, I want a job, I want the It's just the nature of who we are and the story of life. That's yeah. why we've come to the planet to do the story of life. So, um, yeah, I just think be grateful and um, know who you are. Oh. Mm. Do you have a gratitude journal? No, I, I do it verbally. Yeah. I do it every oh, morning yeah, and every night before I go to bed. So the first thing that I wake up, I don't look at my phone. I just go, no, okay, what am I grateful for? Who am I grateful for? Why am I grateful for it? Like, you know, and I try to go beyond what I usually say. So I'll, I'll look to other things like maybe even the, the lessons that I'm learning, like the frustrations that I've had. Thank you for challenging me in this way, you know, like those sort of things. Well, I'm very grateful for having you today on this podcast and I love that. Be grateful and know who you are. I love, love that. I've loved speaking to you. I want to end by saying you and I are both obsessed with a very similar song, same song. Do you know what I'm going to say? Last, last year, last summery time. It was a song that came out and I remember every time I put on my Insta stories, you're like, I'm obsessed with that song too. Are you talking about Justin Timberlake? Yes. yes. <laughs> the song Say Something. You should... Say Something. You've got to watch the video. Have so you he seen did the video? that in one take. One take. Oh, see, I thought I was going to give you a pearl and teach you. <laughs> one take and live with well, that, yes. that, oh, that um, uh, choir. choir. Like in the warehouse. Chilling, chilling, like I was I was so excited Astounding. to leave that with you and go, do you know this? And you're like, one day, no. you and I also, one thing about Nikki and I, we both watch the behind the scenes of Game of Thrones every oh, single no, week. No. We're like, Have you, you just seen see that? the bit? Yep, see yep. the bit. So I think we're both that same um, Obsessed. Thank you so much for being on here. Um, so Thank grateful. you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the gems. Know who you are. Be grateful. Boom. Love you. Love you. <laughs> I love that I just waved at you to say goodbye. <laughs>